Chapter 18 Eric, <laughs> Eric, listen to me. Now this is my own top secret, eyes only, super delicious hot chocolate recipe. If you reveal this secret to anyone, I'm sorry to say I will have to kill you. Alex stood in the kitchen with Eric an hour later. They showered and changed into warm, comfortable clothes, their faces still flushed, their eyes still prone to a suggestive sparkle whenever a touch or a look or a quirk of the lips reminded them both of how much fun they'd just had with their clothes off. They'd also eaten a meal large enough to choke a horse. But then again, Alex reasoned, really good sex was hard work and burned a lot of calories. And if the quality of the sex was related to just how many calories burned, she figured she wouldn't need to work out again for about a year and a half. Eric wore a dark sweater that made his eyes seem an even deeper blue in the glorious late afternoon sunlight, and a pair of loose-fitting jeans that nevertheless gave her an eyeful of his magnificent behind whenever he turned around. She had donned a tank top and cardigan, and another pair of yoga pants. The first pair had gone over so well, she thought she might never wear anything else ever again. Is that so? He grinned. She faltered. Actually, no. I got the recipe off the internet. No, his grin broadened and his dimple flashed. I mean, you'd kill me. She rolled her eyes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You can kill a man with a butter knife from 20 yards out. I wouldn't stand a chance, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I just like saying that spy-type stuff. Makes me feel cool. He laughed softly and tucked a strand of hair behind her ear. Oh, I think we've established that you can kill me all right. Pretty easily, I might add. The gleam in his eyes reminded her precisely how she could finish him off if she chose to. I just hope you'll let me live a little while longer. She smiled, pointedly running her gaze over the length of his body with a dramatic sigh. We'll see. No promises, though. He let his fingers drift down the side of her cheek then, and down the side of her neck, until his fingers drifted into the curls that fell in waves over her shoulder. He smoothed back a wayward tendril. You should wear your hair loose like this all the time, he said his gaze traveling from her eyes down the length of her hair. It's so beautiful. Thank you, she said, flushing. The things they had just done, and she was blushing because he liked her hair. I always thought it made me look kind of ditzy, you know, for a doctor and everything. It makes you look sexy as hell, he murmured, reaching out to lift a curl and let it slide through his fingers. He looked back up at her. And the last thing you are is ditzy. His eyes were as intense as they'd been when he'd been making love to her. Seeing that same gaze, that same steady, sure look of desire in his eyes made her almost weightless with happiness. But there was also a tenderness in his expression, too. A kind of intimacy that made her heart flutter. It was the way lovers were supposed to look at each other, she thought as if they shared so much more than just their bodies and the pleasure that they could give each other. As if sex was just one part of their connection to each other, and possibly not even the most important part, even as incredibly good as it was. 
This is what real lovemaking was about, she realized, smiling up at him. This moment after, this bond that formed, when two people were so intimate, so profoundly connected. Sex was thrilling and exhilarating and unbelievably outrageously good, but somehow this quiet moment was better. The sound of bubbling liquid broke through her dreamy haze, and she turned quickly to lift the pot of hot chocolate off the stove. She turned off the burner, and then poured the contents of the little saucepan into the two mugs that she'd set up on the counter. So what's this called again? Eric asked, watching as the dark, steaming liquid slid languorously into the cups. Mayan hot chocolate, she replied, savoring the very words. The Mayans believed chocolate was sacred. You have to respect such an intelligent people. Oh, the hot chocolate I get, he said, frowning at the cups. But what's Mayan about it? The spices, she said, coquettishly, tickling his abs. He curled away, grinning. There's actual chili peppers in here, and nutmeg and cinnamon and cloves. It's heavenly. Chili peppers in hot chocolate? Hmm. He didn't look convinced. If you say so. Here, try it. She held out a cup to him and watched as he took a tentative sip. She watched his eyes dart back and forth as he decided whether he liked it or not. Then his face broadened into a smile. Not bad, he said. There's a little bite to it at the end, like uh, an aftertaste. Oh, I know, she marveled, sipping her own and savoring the sweet, spicy chocolate taste. I discovered this about three years ago, oh, and it's been my favorite ever since. I just love it. Eric lifted his cup to his lips and looked ready to gulp down the entire contents in one go, but she put a hand out to stop him, laughing. <laughs> Slow down there, Thor. It's a sipping drink. He lowered the cup and grinned sheepishly. It's too good. I just can't seem to take it slow with things I like. She flashed him a saucy look. Some things are worth drawing out, don't you think? You have something there. It was strange how her body could feel two completely opposite sensations at once. Her sore hips and tender core balked at the thought of another sexual adventure so soon after the last one. Deeper within her, desire surged again, making her belly flutter and her breath catch a little. She was becoming like him, she thought wryly. Sex on the brain, even when the body had been knocked flat by so much of it already. Start with savoring the hot chocolate, she said lightly. Come on, let's go sit by the fire. They took their steaming mugs into the living room and sat comfortably on the sofa. He angled himself into the far corner and she took the other corner, tucking her legs up as she clutched a throw pillow to her stomach. It wasn't dark yet, but somehow with the fire crackling and the hot chocolate warming them, she had never felt more cozy, more intimate. She sipped her hot chocolate and wished she could freeze this moment in time. This is really very good, he commented into the cup, taking another sip. I think you're onto something here, Alexandra. See, there's your accent again, she said, grinning. And you always say my full name, Alexandra. Sorry, he said, frowning. You don't like me calling you that? Oh, no, I like it fine, she said quickly. Besides, I want to talk. I call you Thor. He smirked. Well, technically, Taya calls me Thor. 
You just picked it up from her. Suits you, though. Nordic war god and all that. He snorted. <laughs> right. I, I think he was the god of thunder. Still fits, she shrugged. Although, his hammer is bigger than yours. Way bigger. He narrowed his eyes at her, but there was a playfulness in his look that warmed her down to her toes. Like he might just hit her with a pillow, or tickle her feet, or find some other delightful way to punish her sassy tongue. She squirmed with discomfort and anticipation all at once, and decided to move them gently away from where such playfulness would inevitably lead. At least for now. But why do you use my full name? She asked, sipping her drink. Everyone else just calls me Alex. I have a cousin called Alex. He scowled. Always hated him. Besides, Alexandra is beautiful. He paused, brought a cup up to his lips. Like you. Flatterer. She kicked at him gently. Keep going. He laughed softly, but they quickly fell into a sleepy, companionable silence, sipping their hot chocolate and gazing into the fire. She'd left her foot near him after her teasing kick, and she jumped a little when she felt his hand start to stroke her foot lightly, absently his fingers swirling over her skin in large, lazy circles. She looked at him, but he was staring into the fire, as if he were in another place. Finally, his reverie broke, and he looked over at her. Uncertainty shadowed his eyes. I have some questions, he began tentatively, about my condition, I guess. She brightened, surprised but heartened that he wanted to talk about it. Sure, uh, anything, ask me anything. He hesitated and seemed to need to gather his thoughts. You mentioned that you want to remove those, um, what did you call them, pellets? She nodded. Yes, slowly, over time, so your body can take over again. He shifted in his seat, swirling his hot chocolate around in the cup and watching it intently. So, if you remove them, will I be... He paused, and she could tell he was having a hard time finding the right words. Finally, he let out a breath. Will my sex drive go back to normal? She smiled nervously, knowing that this was difficult for him to discuss. It was difficult for her to discuss. She hadn't wanted to think about what might happen to his desire for her, not since it had first occurred to her in the bubble bath. But now that he was asking, she had to face it. She owed him honesty even if it brought up possibilities that scared the hell out of her. I believe it will, she said, trying to keep her voice light. It's hard to say for sure, because I've never encountered anything like this, but I imagine you'll just return to whatever you were like before. He fixed her with an unreadable look. I've never wanted a woman as much as I want you. Never. And I don't know whether it's the hormones or something else. She swallowed, feeling her stomach twist inside her. She struggled to keep her voice calm. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess you'll find out once we stabilize you. She felt her fingers shaking a little as she held her cup. 
She was hyper-aware of him, of the crackling intensity in the air between them. He was skirting around the issue, the whole reason she had brought him up here, and he'd been either denying it or avoiding it for so long now, she didn't know if she was prepared for a frank discussion. And we'll... He flashed her another look, this one more pointed. I mean, will I be able to... You were a normal adult man for about twenty years before this happened, she said gently, wanting to take his discomfort away. And I believe you will be again. Whatever you were like before, but... He began to protest. Then he dropped his voice, as if what he had to say was best said in a whisper. You've seen me. I just can't seem to... Last... He finished quietly, darting another glance at her. He was coloring a little. I wasn't like that before. Years ago, I could make... He stopped, covering smoothly. Make it last longer. But with you, I... I can't seem to control myself. I come so quickly. She smiled. Well, I choose to take that as a compliment. He scowled but then couldn't hide a smile. I suppose it is. If you weren't like that before, if you had more control before, I would imagine that will return. Plus, I mean, before this, you hadn't had sex in a long time, right? She probed gently, and when he nodded tightly, she went on smiling. Well, I'm the same. I don't know about you, but for me... This is like being a teenager again. He smiled at her, tacitly agreeing with her. So don't worry, she said. You'll be fine. You'll be a marathon lover again before you know it. I'm just sorry for you, he said quickly. It can't be that great for you if I can't last more than four minutes. Eric, she said flatly. If you lasted any longer, I think you'd kill me. I'd end up climaxing nine or ten times or something. Now that I would love to see, he said, stroking farther up her leg. I want to make it last, not just for me. For you, too. I want you to feel as much pleasure as I do. Believe me, I do, she said. I have never felt anything better in my life. You've spoiled me for all other men. I hope you know that. He grinned then, a little flash of satisfaction tugging at his lips, making his cheek dimple. He never looked more boyish, more impudently pleased with himself, and charmingly, endearingly sweet, than when he knew he had given her pleasure. It melted her heart just that little bit more, each time she saw it in his eyes. The truth was, he had spoiled her for all other men, long before they'd ever become lovers. Anyway, I think you'll be fine, she went on. You'll adjust. It won't be so urgent and overwhelming all the time. She tilted her head and aimed for levity. Or you could just find a woman who isn't nearly the sex god as I am. <laughs> that might work too. He opened his mouth to say something and began to shake his head, then stopped himself abruptly. He had been about to protest what she was saying, she realized. He looked down his eyes fixing on the carpet. Again, the wrong thing to say. 
She had only been trying to make him laugh, but she realized with a start that she had drifted into his no-fly zone by mistake. She hadn't been trying to goad him into promising her a relationship, although she realized that's what it must have sounded like. Like she had expected him to say, No, darling, there won't be anyone else but you. Especially after telling him that he'd spoiled her for all other men. But that hadn't been her intention at all. He had made it more than clear that their affair would end as soon as this week did. As much as she wanted to hope that it would continue, she knew it would be heartbreaking and foolish to let herself truly believe that it would. He wasn't comfortable enough with her yet. Might never be. He might be so pissed off at Nick that he really would leave PGI as soon as they got back. There were so many unknowns, so much torment and conflict swirling around inside him, that she couldn't be sure she'd even see him again after they left here, no matter how intimate they had become. And now he thought she was fishing for a commitment on top of it all, too. Be his doctor, she told herself. That's what he needs right now. You'll be fine, she said again, a little more firmly. You've responded well to treatment so far. I'm certain you'll recover fully. I feel so stupid asking questions like these, he sighed, dropping his head back against the sofa in frustration. It's like I'm back in health class. I'm sorry, but I really don't know enough about this stuff. You ask great questions, she said encouragingly. Please don't apologize. Ask me anything you want. He smiled briefly, and then uncertainty shadowed his eyes again. What about my... He faltered. Then he found a way to put it that seemed the least offensive to his sensibilities. Might there be a little... Bjorn? She felt her stomach drop. A little Bjorn? There? Little Bjorn? She tried valiantly to hide her shock, but her hands began to tremble even more. She turned and put the cup on the side table and clasped her hands together around the pillow. Her grip on the pillow was so tight she made it look like a bow tie. Yes, she said, swallowing, if that's what you want. He couldn't really be asking this, could he? Whether he might be able to father children someday? The man who didn't want commitments, or entanglements, or love? As if he could read her mind, he said quickly, I was just curious. Be his doctor. Just be his doctor. It shouldn't affect your fertility at all, she said evenly. She paused, considering. Maybe at first, since all your hormones are a little off, including the ones that make sperm. Thanks, Doc, I get it. But that shouldn't last. You'll be able to father a child if you want to, someday. That I can almost guarantee. She hoped he couldn't see the stark panic in her eyes at the very thought of such a thing. Eric finding another woman, wanting a child with her, loving her enough to overcome his fears and insecurities, enough to do more than joke about making a baby with her. Well, maybe we'll find out, he said, stroking her leg. She tried to laugh, but couldn't. He wasn't talking about the future, she admonished herself. He meant maybe they'd find out that she was pregnant now, with their little Bjorn. He didn't mean there would be a someday 
for them. At least that's what she had to keep telling herself, or else she'd go insane. If she let herself believe, for even a second, that he was hinting playfully about some future they might share, she'd only crash that much harder when reality kicked back in. When they returned to PGI and he ignored her, or resumed their colleagues-only relationship. Or worse, if he vanished altogether. She had to remember who she was dealing with, and not let herself get carried away. She had learned, the hard way, to listen to exactly what a man said, and not imagine, or interpret, or make excuses for him. And she wasn't about to break that rule with Eric, of all men. Thankfully, he didn't seem to have assigned any particular importance to what either of them had just said, and it made her relax a little. He was staring into the fire, his thoughts playing across his features. After a moment, he glanced over at her. And will I be... he began, still seeming so hesitant to just say what was on his mind. If I lose my edge, for lack of a better word, will I still be able to do my job? God, he was suffering so much, she realized. She saw it in his carefully controlled expression, and in the starkness of his eyes. She'd had no idea he had such turbulent thoughts, such troubling emotions about his job or his ability to do it well. She might have guessed he had, if he hadn't always been so closed off and in control. Nick's threat to kick him out of PGI had wounded him deeply, she realized, and he needed some kind of assurance that he would still be of value. She regretted letting Nick give him an ultimatum, but it had been the only way she'd been able to prevent him from firing Eric altogether. You'll do it even better, she said confidently. You won't be such a hothead. You won't let anger guide your decisions quite so much. And physically, he went on, emboldened enough to bring up more things he'd been thinking of. If I'm basically on steroids right now, as you've said, then a lot of this, he gestured down at his impressive biceps, isn't really me. I mean, I was actually kind of a string bean when I was younger. So if you take away the steroids, this, this will all go away, right? Eric, she said gently, you're a strong, healthy man. Yes, you may lose some muscle mass, but not in an abnormal way. You'll just be more natural. And if you keep up your workouts, you'll go back to the way you were before. But will you still... He faltered and then lowered his chin to his chest. He closed his eyes and sighed, and then looked up at her again. If I stop looking like this, will you still... Her heart just about melted into goo. She stared at him, watched his large eyes shift away from her nervously. Dear God, he thought she wouldn't find him attractive anymore? And the thought worried him? She didn't know whether to laugh or cry or both. Of course I will, she managed to answer instead, rubbing her foot along his thigh. She swallowed and tried to sound coquettish. I've seen pictures of you from your ranger unit. 
Face it, soldier. You're a hottie. She paused and drew in breath. But honestly, I wouldn't care if you weren't. I wouldn't care if you lost 80 pounds or gained them. I would still think you're the sexiest man alive. He grinned then, and the dimple flashed briefly into existence before winking out again, as his features relaxed into a more contemplative expression. Controlling his emotions was so second nature to him now that he hardly seemed capable of enjoying even a moment of unguarded pleasure or relief, or whichever mixture of emotions had briefly infused his face with delight. He finished off the last of his hot chocolate, then put his cup down on the table beside him, and settled back into the corner of the sofa, gazing moodily into the fire again. When he spoke, his expression was distant, that same moody, glazed-eyed reverie having returned. I can't believe someone would do this to another person, he said, so low she almost couldn't hear him. It's like something out of science fiction. He so rarely spoke about his ordeal, but when he did, it was always with the verbal equivalent of a shrug, a few bitter words, sentences liberally peppered with profanity, intentionally vague descriptions of what had been done to him, intentionally vivid descriptions of what he'd do to his captors if he ever got the chance. But this was the first time he'd ever spoken about it like this, philosophically almost, sadly. It hurt just to look at him and she swallowed down the lump that was threatening to close off her throat. I wish it were only science fiction, she said quietly, not knowing what else to say. Let me ask you, he said, looking over at her, and please tell me the truth. These changes they made to me, the way they messed up my hormones and fucked with my sleep and upped my blood cell count. He trailed off, his cheek muscle flexing, they weren't concerned with long-term outcomes, were they? She shook her head. No. He looked back at the fire. They figured I'd either die in combat or burn out in a few years. She nodded. Without interventions, without fixing what they did, I imagine you... You wouldn't have lived more than three or four years at the outside. She swallowed past the lump, which was growing larger by the second. I don't even know how the pellets are able to release such high dosages of hormone. They're unlike anything I've ever seen. But I imagine the plan was to just keep replacing them whenever necessary for... For as long as I lived, he finished for her. But the good news is I can change all that, she said quickly, trying to soothe him with the warmth of her voice. You'll live a long life, Eric. A long, normal, happy life. He gazed at her, his eyes dark and luminous, saying nothing and everything, looking like he wanted to believe her, but was too wise now, too jaded, to ever be so optimistic. I'm sorry that I'm all you've got to help you through this, she said, reaching out to touch his shoulder. You really need specialists. Although, specialists in what? I, I can't even begin to guess. This is a branch of medicine that doesn't even exist yet. You need an endocrinologist, for sure. 
I mean, maybe I can convince Nick to bring in... You're my doctor. He cut her off. Just you. I wouldn't trust my life to anyone but you. Eric, she said quietly, feeling herself redden. I mean it, he said, just as quietly. You saved my life. I'd be dead if it weren't for you, Alexandra. She hesitated and felt tears prickle the back of her eyes. She willed them back. I know it couldn't have been easy, he went on. But you were incredible. You are incredible. So smart, so compassionate, so... He stroked her leg, letting her mind fill in any number of adjectives he might have used next. He didn't finish, his light caress speaking volumes all by itself. She swallowed and had to look away. The lump in her throat bobbed painfully as she had to work hard to hold back the tears. She had never let him see her cry and had promised herself she never would. She looked back at him and tried to smile as he gazed at her steadily. He said nothing but held his hand out to her in a beckoning gesture. She moved over to him and settled against him, letting her body mold to his as she rested her cheek against his chest, listening to the lazy beat of his heart. His arm curved around her shoulder, and he pressed a kiss to the top of her hair. They sat for a while, saying nothing, gently caressing each other as the fire danced and the sun began to dip low on the horizon. She almost fell asleep, curled in his warm, protective embrace, but she forced herself to stay awake. The feel of him against her, his warmth, his strength, was something she had wanted so desperately for so long that she wasn't going to waste a second of it asleep. Afraid that he might grow restless and want to leave, she decided to bring up a less sensitive subject, just to keep him talking, to keep him there with her, gently stroking her arm. So have you decided which assignments to recommend that Nick accept? A beat. Only one so far. What is it? Kidnap recovery, he said tightly. Oh. The kid was taken a month ago, and his father only contacted us now. Where? she asked, not really caring where. Anything, just to stay here and listen to the slow, steady beat of his heart. He paused and then said quietly, Mexico City. A weighted silence hung between them and grew heavier as neither spoke. She decided to keep her tone light. And I'm guessing I won't be coming along, she teased gently, caressing the soft golden hair that dusted the tanned skin of his arm. You will not. But why? she asked, looking up at him and feigning a pout. Give me one good reason. He gave her an enigmatic, almost unreadable look, but his eyes glittered. His gaze was liquid and soft, his eyes more expressive than she'd ever seen them. You know why, he said, his voice barely a whisper. Because you think I'm a liability? 
she asked, her voice quavering a little. Because you think I'll end up getting hurt and put the team at risk. His brow pinched slightly as though he'd been stung. Then his eyes softened and his lips parted, and she saw indecision shake his resolve. Slowly, he leaned to press his lips to the tender hollow of her neck and let the poignant kiss linger. When he finally lifted his lips from her skin, he whispered softly against her ear. Because, Oskly, you understand Swedish too well. She froze, feeling her heart start to thud against her chest. She didn't dare move, could barely breathe. He pulled back and looked down at her, his eyes large and dark, glimmering in the firelight. The words leapt to her mind, the words he'd said and the ones she wanted so desperately to say now, but she couldn't speak. She could only swallow and look at him with wide, uncertain eyes, willing him silently to go on. He tilted his head towards her, slowly, so torturously slowly. His eyes roamed over her face. And for a breathless moment, she was certain he would kiss her. But then he pulled back, tearing his gaze away from her, as if he'd already revealed too much. The light in his eyes faded to something guarded and dark. She reached for him just to touch him, to mutely plead with him to come back to her, to finally let it all go. But instead he pried loose from her and sat forward, resting his elbows on his knees. After a long, agonizing silence, he angled his head to look at her. I'm going to turn in, he said quietly. Good night, Doc. No, she thought desperately, a surge of panic flooding through her. She had to stop herself from crying. No, no, not now. Don't run away again. Don't leave and pretend that there's nothing between us. But she couldn't say anything. There was no point, anyway, because anything she said now would likely only drive him further away. It had cost him dearly to even hint that he loved her, to admit even in such a veiled way that his words to her that day in the van had not been some hazy hallucination. And they would both have to pay the price for it now. As she reveled in the meaning of his words, as her heart nearly shattered from sheer joy, she also felt the sting of his withdrawal. Two opposite emotions battling each other within her at the same time, and she had no idea which one might win. He rose and moved towards the stairs, not looking back at her. There was no invitation in his manner, no poignant looks full of need to encourage her to follow him. He simply walked up the stairs, and disappeared. <laughs>